Will Katie Keene live up to the drama of Riverdale? Will Mike know more about Katie Keene than Ryan? Or will Ryan know more about Katie Keene than Mike? Will Legends of Tomorrow continue to not have Bebo for one week in a row? All of those questions answered and more on this episode of the Superhero Hour Hour! Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour, the only podcast on the internet that talks about every single TV show that is based on a comic book or comic book property or character that may or may not have been created for a TV, a comic book based TV show, but now has their own show, so we have to deal with that anyway. My name isn't Mike, and here with me as always isn't Ryan. Hi, isn't Mike? How are you today? So I mixed it up. Did you see? Because uh, I'm not used to hosting. So instead of saying my name is Ryan and your mm-hmm. name is Mike, mm-hmm. do you see how I fucking? I'm, I'm gonna flip the script on this You've whole hosting bit. Just twisted the whole paradigm, changing podcasting forever. Now, just based on my tone so far, do you think that this is going to be a well-run show full of professionalism? <laughs> no, or are you? <laughs> it seems like you're angry at 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 the board for some reason, at producer Dave, at maybe the creator of uh, the Riverdale universe. At uh, well, uh, your parents, and you're taking it out all on me right now. I don't like to go behind the scenes too much here at Pop Filter Studios, but uh, the board is known for their memos. Let's be honest. They do love their memos. And I got memos. nine just before we uh, started recording. Um, and each one said, look at the next memo. <laughs> what did the last memo say? Look at the first memo? Yeah, just look at the first. And I sat there for hours just flipping <laughs> through the pages. Classic board shenanigans. Mike, how, how um, do you, hey, hey, Ryan, how do you drown a Ryan? Uh, I don't know. Put a scratch and sift memo at the bottom of a pool. Oh, is that a fucking Polish joke? I don't know. I think it's a... I saw that Spencer's gifts on a button about blondes. Okay. Can we not do our learn how to podcast by standing in Spencer's gifts and just looking <laughs> around for jokes? Where's my intro? Where's my intro? What's when- up, Blacklight Dragon? <laughs> When you were a kid, was going to the mall just a bunch of bullshit until you could finally step foot in that sweet, sweet Spencer's Gifts? You acted like I didn't sprint right out of my little kid harness to get the Spencer's Gifts and just gawk at everything. Yeah. I, you, I, first of all, I'm surprised that your parents put you in a harness. Because, one, how did they afford it? And two, weren't they sort of hoping that you flew through the windshield? I was a real And they can collect that insurance? Well, the harness doesn't hook you into the car. I, just, I meant the leash. The kid oh, leash. The, the kid leash, Yes. Um, and so you would bust out of that telephone cord that mm-hmm. they would have on you. Uh, and I'm sure they were very disappointed about that. And yeah, then, they'd always be like, oh, no, don't stop. <laughs> Where did Mike go? Or probably Mark. Where did Mark go? <laughs> um, and then you, you would go to Spencer's Gifts where it was if – you're if you're at the age uh, that you're a fan of Spencer's Gifts, which is like I'm going to say 12, mm-hmm. everything in there feels so rated R and like – it's where you find out about new music. We didn't have SoundCloud then. We had to stare at Spencer's Gives Blacklight posters of bands 40 years before that. And for every reason, for some reason, every mug has a, like a nipple on it. And you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. scandalous. There, there's like 
sex non-toys. They're not really about sex and they're not really toys. They're weird like desk toppers. But mostly my favorite was over the hill cards and gifts. I just I love every customer, not like us who were just browsing, window shopping, but every other like every real customer of Spencer's gifts is just like I'm I'm the funny one. They know I'm the funny one. I can't show up to a birthday party without the funniest gift possible. Look at this tie. It's always going to be funny. Isn't it great? <laughs> uh, my favorite Spencer's Gifts trips were when you realize just everybody is only browsing and the stoned, bored, te- gothy teenager is just like so upset they won't make that five ninety five sale that day. Also, do you fucking remember going through a poster rack and Spencer's Gifts would set it up where like, you know, the po- each poster would have the number on it and you would go find it. And they would set it up where it goes from the most innocuous to the most fucking insane. So the first, uh, the first poster is like Spider Man just flying through the air, and the last one, if you if you get to all the way to the end of that poster rack, uh, the poster book, then it's just Spider Man with his dick out, going, "Look at my dick." <laughs> I would always keep my thumb on Spider Man just swinging around while just staring as long as I could at there. But the problem is, if somebody came over, you'd have to sprint the eight feet to get to the other end of that where your thumb was. Right, that's true. The other thing too is that you were. Uh, the, you were just staring at your own dick, and so you could do that with any poster, I guess, Mike. I just like to have a poster out with the dick out, so I can look at mine and compare. Cool, cool. I, uh, I don't uh, like your lovely host. How many, how many people have gotten arrested for put, bringing their dick out in a Spencer's gift? Seven. Seven people ever. Six of them were Andrew Weiner. <sighs> Man, what a last name! What a first name, Andrew. It's he was doomed from the start. There's, they should never name him Andrew. There's no good Andrews. All right, so I'm not doing a good job of hosting, apparently. I'm getting live on the air what? notes. Uh, who, from who? Who's so rude? So, uh, Mike, uh, we have to move to the big main event of this week. V-Wars had its last episode. It, 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 forever, because it's not fun. It, they didn't announce this yet, but it's not getting picked up. They have not announced it yet. We don't know what's going to happen. But I, I believe that you screamed at the end of the last Superhero Hour Hour that there's no fucking way that you, at your age, in your position, will be reviewing as the main event the last episode of V-Wars and then switched to Katie Keene. And I got to tell you, Ryan, I don't want to give anything away till that segment. I could have been fine with V-Wars. <laughs> All right. When we come back, Mike, we're going to play a little bit of a game called Katie Keene Trivia. Tonight, and for one night only, we have invented the game of two-man trivia. I don't know. No, you know what? I do know this is not going to work. This is a stupid idea, Okay. There's no such thing where two people just ask each other questions and it's okay. I have no one to compete with. I think it's called a first date. (laughs) Where are you from? Why are your eyes blue? (laughs) Things like that. And you score them on their answers. Why are your eyes blue? So, Mike, I'm up first. So I guess that I'm going to take about five minutes to answer as many Katie King question trivia questions that I can correctly. And -hmm. then you're going to see if you can beat that. Yes? I Wait, so it does work. I think it works. We just figured it out. Ryan, question the Do first. Do I have to say my name? Katie. The answer? Yes. Okay. Am Katie I allowed to interrupt you in the middle of the question? I'm docking your points. God damn it. Katie Keene was originally known as America's queen of what and fashion? Ryan. Ryan. Uh, I don't think she she was known as not the queen, but the keen of fashion. No, it was the queen of pinups and fashion. Oh, really? Yes. That wasn't Betty Grable? It was not Betty Grable. Or Betty Boop. Or Betty Boop. It was Katie Keene. Question the second. What organization did fans work with to set up numerous Katie Cons? I would say Archie Comics? No. 
San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> okay. I feel like these are getting easier, but I'm getting stupider. <laughs> Question the third. What is Katie's sister's name? Quady. That's close. It's Sis. <laughs> okay. Her name no. is canonically Sis. If the answer is dumber than my answer, do I get a point? Yeah, I, I gave you one for that. Quady. Uh, question of the fourth. What did, did Mike ever go through a phase of saying things were keen? 100% absolutely he did. No, I've said dope. I've said nifty. I've said cool beans and neato, but never keen. Come on. Come on. It's going to be, you know, I'll give you, it's in the future. But I'm that's sure. that's a regret of yours to hit all yes. of those other bases and not that one. My On my tombstone, I should have said keen. <laughs> question fifth. What's the hobbit ass name of Katie Keen's creator? The hobbit ass name of Katie Keen's creator is, of course, J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> okay, I'm giving you a point. Uh, it's William Wagen, but... <laughs> William <laughs> Wagen. <laughs> He's the hobbit who defended the freedom of his island. <laughs> All right. What fun item used to be included in Katie Keen comics? Uh, I would say the ashes of their dead hobbit creator. <laughs> Yep, everyone came with that. And not like mixed into the ink. I'm saying once you open the comic, a bunch of ashes poured out. Uh, it's paper dolls. Uh, Ryan, describe a paper doll. All right, so I'm going to take this one slow. I believe that you cut out a two-dimensional, uh, very unhuman-like looking figure, and then you cut out other clothes that have little white tabs all around like the dresses and shit. So you can fold those tabs over on the paper doll and so you, it, oh, it's wearing this dress. Hold on, let me have, let me change it into this dress. Oh, equally not fun. You crushed, and you answered my next question. <laughs> you, you, you answered that perfectly. Uh, and then I was going to say, does that sound fun? <laughs> and you answered it. No. The thing that no, we always what? forget about action figures is that, or paper dolls, as they're called <laughs> for back then, is that you're supposed to change the clothes and then like have them go on adventures, right? Mm-hmm. But like you put a tabbed dress on a two-dimensional paper doll and then you have them go like shoot lasers at aliens i don't know what you're supposed to do yeah but a paper doll it always threatens violence but never actually shoots the lasers at aliens or have that paper doll say hey mom i hate you and i hope you get divorced from my father <laughs> is that what your wolverine doll used to say <laughs> i divorce who i want to divorce <laughs> your last question ryan uh who would you want a paper doll of oh my goodness my first one is john green of course uh that's my the first. The Fulton isn't a stars guy. <laughs> yes, I think that I would love to have a bunch of different. What does he wear every day? And what does he wear when we're not looking? He seems like a bow tie kind of guy. Green John. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, I'm tallying up the score. Uh, you have five points, which is shocking everybody, including me right now. <laughs> five points. All right, Mike. Here we go. You're on the timer. This is speed round now. Okay. Oh, do I say my name? No, Mike. I said, do not do it. You just lost a point. Shit. Uh, where does Katie live? Ryan. <laughs> yes? New York. Incorrect. Katie lives in New York. Correct. Incorrect. In her Katie Holmes. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Fuck. Okay. I get the game. What is Miss Keene's <laughs> best fencing move? Her best fencing move is the cage and release. It's the Katy Perry. Damn it. When does Katie buy her Beckons? At the Katie sale? The Katie Beckin sale? It's at the Katie Beckin sale. I'm going to give you a point for that one. What is Katie's favorite river? Katie Dale? Kate Hudson. Damn it. 
What do you call it when she gains 2,000 pounds? Katie Tun? I don't get it. It's Kate Up Tun. <laughs> Kate Up Tun. What do you call it when uh, Katie King gains 2,000 pounds just on her torso? Kate Upton. I don't know. <laughs> this is watching your face do the things it's doing is amazing. It's Kate Middleton. Uh, what do you call it when Katie gets a let for a trophy in a competition? I don't know what a let is. A Katie let down. Kate wins let. What do you call it? What do you call it when she grows on trees? Uh, Katie berries. Kate Moss. Kate Moss. There's somebody driving in their car screaming at me because they got every single one of those right. I put that one in the middle just so you would have at least one point. <laughs> Kate Moss. It's. I don't know Kate's. Uh, what do you call it when you take that uh, moss and the tree and you chop it up and then it becomes this like big like plant like thing and then it grows. Kate Swamp Thing? Kate Mold Grew. Kate Mulch Grew. Kate Mulch <laughs> <Okay>. Grew. <laughs> that's that's out there, buddy. All right, so I'm telling it up. How many points did I get? You got five. You got four. Y- you win. Oh, I forgot to dock you a point. We tied. Mike, do you feel very prepared now to talk about the pilot episode of Katie Keene? I do. I think we put in as much effort into our trivia as they did in writing that pilot. <laughs> Wow, you are showing so many cards right now. When we come back, our review of the first episode of Katie Keene. Welcome to the KKD, bitch, the show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early 2020s, Katie Keene. I'm your host, as always, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my best pal, my boon companion, my Josie, the Katie PT to my Katie Keene, Mike Gravano. Happy to be here, Ryan. Are you ready to do this? I'm so fucking ready. Do you feel like that you have any preparation in your life, any experience that, to like get you ready to talk about a primetime drama that talks about like the lives of teenagers in a big-time city? I wish I did. I wish I had about a year and a half and numerous hours and maybe too many episodes per episode of the show to do that. Do you, wanna, do you want me to get us started? Yes. Do you want me to tell I you how the it. episode starts? Yeah, okay. I would love it. Start the episode, ask a question, where are they in their breakfast nook? It's going to freak you out, and I don't mean to do that, but this show does not... Start with, or at any point include, a breakfasted nook. There's no breakfast nook? On the first episode of Katie Keene, Katie has gone fully New York in that she's young, she has a dead mom, she has an underpaying job she's way too talented for, and she has made her first black friend. Katie has dreams of being a designer, and she surrounded herself with some of the whitest, assholiest white assholes in order to make her dream come true. Taste Mike, I ask you this. Are we ready for Lucy Hale? a pretty little liar who crashed and burned with a cancer dramedy on the CW called Life Itself, to be a lead in one of our shows. I will say, if I had to pick the most watchable thing in this, it would be Lucy Hale. She has she, a lot of screen time. She has a lot of screen time, so that that's a lead. Uh, for a city that never sleeps, she sure does dream a lot. 
And so I think that's a key. Did you, how long ago did you write that dazzling line right there? I didn't at all. I just wrote down the first line of the show and then adapted it on the fly because I'm a profesh. I loved it. She, um, I think that she does have, she does belong as the lead of a show. Yes. It, sh- it should probably be CW. I'm not sure if she's ready for like that FX Now slash HBO Go lead of a show. But the CW is ready and willing for her. You know, I think that she does command the screen. The, the camera does love her. The TV camera loves her, I would say. Which who knows what that even means. What do TV right. directors do? Oh, no. That's just something that you say because you don't have anything else to say. Uh, did you know... Within the first minute that this was New York because the a thousand references they screamed at us right away. We I mean, we had a song. We had Welcome to New York. Was that Katy Perry? No, that that was that that was uh Katie Swift sang that one. Uh but before that, they they screamed in every possible way that this is this is your daddy's New York. This is the New York you used to. And then they put the most fucking on the nose song they could. Uh Katie uh no, Katie Keene wakes up. Uh, in a New York morning, uh, instead of shoes, she puts on two hot dog stands on her feet and walks around town. Walks everywhere a, here. Driving a taxi cab uh, to New York Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her day job is being the Statue of Liberty. And she screams LA sucks. She says it's special because the water's here. What is it about Lucy Hale, do you think, that like sort of barely... I'm guessing that you were not a fan. I'm, I'll say right now that I thought this was pretty fucking good. Um, what is it about Lucy Hale that you think holds this together? I think she commits harder than anybody else in this show. Uh, it's it's. I think it'd be easy to phone it in in a Devil Wears Prada ripoff, and instead she really tries to earnestly believe everything she's saying. Maybe uh, she's never seen Devil Wears Prada. Maybe I think she this is all original. Uh, I just also, if you're going to rip off uh, one Anne Hathaway movie, don't reference another one in the voiceover. Uh it's I, there's even though her lines suck and she doesn't always deliver them great. You know what it is? It's her and her boyfriend. The way she looks and talks about him, I'm like, I could see these two 20 year old kids being in love. Well, that's I, th- I think of all of the the cast of characters and uh, Katie. We meet Katie's like her and her threesome, right? She's got a group of four, mm-hmm. which I think is actually a perfect amount of people, and that's it. You know, Riverdale has the foursome and then goes out from there. Right. I like the four, uh, but the boyfriend I would say is a much much bigger problem. At the end, he says, "Hey, I have to move to Philly because I got on the top of the boxing list." I think, <laughs> I think I don't believe is a thing. And uh, she says, "Well, I think I have to stay in New York." And he says, "Well, then I will get engaged to you." And I was really hoping that he would say, "Well, bye bye. I I will never see this TV show again." Philly's two hours away. It's like they could easily do this, and like they gave her shit. Her all her friends gave her shit when they're like, "You're going to give up your dream that you're actually not pursuing at all to let him chase his dream." But do you think she's that, totally fine with him him doing the opposite? Well, yeah, no, break up. You're young and you're Just hot. Break up. Katie and Cal, I think his name was K O, because he's a K- boxer. Oh my god! Look, <laughs> I I, wish- like my wife doesn't watch any of the shows, and she watched this one with me, and she wrote her eyes. I was like, look, the one thing we can't give this show shit for is the names, because they were all designed in 1945. Okay, so Katie and K O. Uh, should break up because they're young and they're smoking hot, and they will do fine in their new cities. Oh, yeah, they'll rail so much. And also, Mike, you're from Philly, so you might have his back more. Um, I think that Philly is like if people in Boston got kicked in the head by a donkey. <laughs> it's um, not it's, if the donkey was throwing batteries at that head. That's what it was. That's Philly's weapon of choice. Because on the great Philly boxing list that this guy was at the top of, 
a donkey was number two. So uh, I guess he could beat up a donkey. It's hard. Dude, that's impressive. Don't talk like it's not. Donkeys are tough. After you kick the shit out of a donkey in a match that people are like betting on and paying for, do you feel bad? Is, yeah. Like, Do you feel any regret? No, oh, I'd feel terrible. That's the true donkey show is the tears we lost along the way. So, okay, so we have Lucy Hale who is doing good and makes me wonder why Alita Battle Angel spent so much like CGI on that one actress when they could have just hired Lucy Hale, who is just two eyes and a tiny head walking around. She uh, is a Bratz doll. But let's go around with the other three, her four, her Veronica, her Betty, her Jughead, her Archie. Um, besides her, what do you think of her crew? Uh, are we supposed to hate Pepper? She, okay. So let, in, do the other two first. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Josie we know. Josie we're fine with. Uh, I think she, Josie is like the co-lead. Yeah, Josie's the co-lead. If <clears throat> again, I, I do think these two are underserved by this show. Uh, so I would just I think Josie delivers fine, but Josie's critique she gets for, at the record label is you're a good singer. There's just nothing else there. It's weird to straight up tell one of your stars the truth in the show. <laughs> There's just nothing special about her song, uh, and she's so that's bananas. She can we often the- <laughs> we often wonder if people who write these shows are listening to our podcast, and it seems like they listen to the things we said about Josie before. That it, that was fucked up. I was like, I've never seen a show do this. Just really critique the actor. Not only did they take our uh, critique on Josie, the actress and the singer, but also uh, the person who said it stole your style of long black hair with one <laughs> gray one streak. Noise. That is my thing. <clears throat> uh, also, so the next is uh, what, what's, what's Ginger Lopez. Ginger Lopez. Thank you. Uh, again, and this is actually a, a broad thing is so Ginger Lopez is really trying on Broadway and Maybe it's been a week, maybe it's been years, we don't know, because Josie's throwing a fit because she's not famous in two days, so I assume Ginger Lopez has been there a week and a two half. Two days! Uh, all these kids are so fucking entitled and unprofessional, because they sort of try for these huge dreams that nobody makes it, and when they're not giving it to them right away, they freak out. Ginger Lopez tries out uh, on Broadway and gets denied. There's 30 other people got denied, too. Four people got picked. And he's like, I'm going to go and drag, because he performs in drag. Uh, and the guy's like, yo, I recognize you because i do pay attention it's not that i don't notice you i notice you and you're not good at this and also watching ginger lopez dance not that impressive we also see ginger (laughs) lopez do a drag show and i've been to a bunch and they're fucking great uh ginger lopez is not a good performer fucking dead ass up there i was uh because we you know we're doing all the the, uh end of the year stuff right now and so uh my wife and i were watching fossey burden and Mm -hmm. she said she just blurted out she didn't even know she was gonna say it Michelle Williams can't dance. And then, like, felt so bad. Like, how dare you say anything about Michelle Williams? Uh, but Ginger like, let's Lopez be, is no Michelle Williams. Let's be honest. Uh, in the country of these United States of America, Broadway is, like, the 16th, 17th uh, best city or street to have, like, musicals, right? Yes. Like, it's not, it's not even in the top 15. Like, anybody can make it on Broadway. Anybody can make it, especially if anybody you try can. hard enough. You know why I fucking hate these kids who who sort of try and then throw fits when they don't get it handed to them? They're regular performing in packed clubs. Every other scene, they are dancing and on stage in a pretty fucking packed, nice-looking underground New York club. Fuck you, you entitled little shits. Who is this show for? We have done so many things, you and I, together and separately, where we had four people show up and we were like, fuck yeah, we've made it. <laughs> we're gonna be famous. They have people... It's a full house, and they are all cheering for them. And Ginger, Lo- we meet Ginger Lopez as Ginger Lopez uh, doing a, a sh- pretty shitty version remix of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend and not really dancing, really badly lip-syncing, the two things you need to be good at a drag show. What the fuck? 
So we have got Josie and we've got Gilo, Ginger Lopez. And then we also have Amanda, who is like uh, the obvious Emily Blunt, cunty blonde, fucking super bitch asshole. I didn't even think about Amanda, who who works at Lacey's, the department at Lacey's, store. The department store, which is a clear play on Nordstrom's, the department store. Okay, uh, we meet Lacey in this show. Uh, and she started like the world's most. Is she a thousand years old? Because all these department stores were started in the eighteen hundreds. Are we supposed to believe? What the fuck? Yeah, she's like when my father started this store in seventeen sixty four. But we're skipping somebody because Amanda's the clear asshole villain, right? And oh, then we she, have- she's fine. I recognize her. I don't remember where from. She actually does everything she needs to do in that role. I think I recognize her because she's a young Becky from Roseanne. Uh, and then we have Gilo, and then we have Josie, and then we have this other fourth friend, Mike. Pepper. Pepper. Pepper looks like she could be your 40-year-old Aunt Cat Lady. She looks uh, like, I couldn't tell how old she was. I thought this older one was hanging out with her, but it's just she has that like the bleached gray blonde hair. She is the character who, like, uh, she works at one of those, like, tiny rooms where, uh, before there was, like, real phones, you would take wires out of the wall <laughs> and plug them into in other wires, and she was the fucking bitch of that room. Uh, but also think she should, why are they hanging out with Pepper? We meet Pepper, when we meet Pepper, she just got back from Miami because she was doing an art installation with Childish Gambino, and the week before that, she was on a yacht with, like, Enrique Iglesias, and then she uh, she had just given a TED Talk on the feminist power of Snapchat. Are we supposed to hate Pepper? Because I fucking hate Pepper more than anybody else on this show. I do not believe you're supposed to hate Amanda, and you're supposed to hate, uh, or, like, I don't know, distrust Katie's boss, right? Because Katie's mm-hmm. boss just will not give her the promotion that she craves so much and she totally deserves. You're not supposed to hate Pepper. And they fucked up. She gave a TED talk about the feminist power of Snapchat. And it's not, this isn't a show filled with jokes and it's not like a tongue in cheek, we get it. This, like, I think this show is for 12 year olds. I think that's all of our, my visceral reactions. I think it's truly designed for 12 year olds to be into in a way none of our other shows are. Okay, so I, I did like it way more than you did. Um, I do think that maybe I have too much of a pilot cloud on me where like I'm just more accepting of things. But as pilots go, I think that this was really good, and here's why. Um, we, we have no reason to care about the characters, and we have no idea what the stakes are. And I liked how they set up the stakes for their overall dreams mm-hmm. and then scaled it back in the same episode and set, it up, set the stakes up for their friendships as well. I thought that was a lot to do for one 45-minute show. What are, what are the stakes for their friendships? Just like, you know, Ginger wants to be on Broadway and will fucking kill herself if she doesn't get there. But also Ginger learned that uh, her two friends at the audition will applaud for her and that's all good, mm-hmm. you know? And everybody's got a support system. Josie did not get that sign that record contract on her second day of being in New York. Josie meets she, a guy in a park day one, has an audition day two, and doesn't get it and flips out. And is is told by Cruella Deville that uh, this guy has done this multiple times to fucking bums in the park. And that's so that's the big time stakes. But what she learns is that I have friends now. She definitely has friends. <laughs> Uh, do you know what's a bummer about that? Uh, I had to cut a trivia question out because I was going to say, what are the what are the most famous Archie characters that we haven't seen live action? It was Alex and Alexandra Cabot, and they showed up in fucking Katie Keene. Uh, so they are Josie's managers from the uh-huh. comics. Uh, Alex Cabot, who is a smoke show in a great red suit in this show, uh, is normally a doof. In the cartoon, he looked like Shaggy. In the Josie and the Pussycats movie, he was played by that curly-haired guy from Eurotrip. 
he's just a fucking stony goofus, and this he's just he's just a dreamboat. Fuck you. Give yeah. me one goofus. A very competent dreamboat who maybe maybe manipulates and sort of emotionally abuses uh, ingenues that he finds in parks. But also, still. not professional, man. Not professional to sleep with your new producer at night one. None of these kids are professional. None of them night deserve two. the things they want. It's got to be night two. If it's not night two, then what are you doing here? What are you even doing? Wait till he gives you one single rose from his tooth. I don't know if you could tell this, Mike, but uh, Katie Keene was on Riverdale this week. Uh, Josie is from Riverdale. They mention Riverdale because Josie says that she's from the murder capital of the world. <laughs> that, that, that was my favorite moment. <laughs> so let's get to Riverdale real quick. I am still a diehard Riverdale watcher. You have bailed. You have just said, I feel like I've had enough for my lifetime. Do you think that they figured out how to tone down Riverdale? Or watching this episode, were you like, you, I, I, I want to stop watching this and watch Riverdale? Yes. So RAS, who is like the godfather of everything Archie Comics and all the live action, mm-hmm. he, he, got, he injected weird so much camp weird gothiness in Riverdale and Sabrina while they're different weird camp gothiness from each other. And it felt like none of that, nothing interesting or unique was in this show at all. And it's bananas. Maybe he got told like, make a normal show and fuck man, put some weird goofball thing for anybody to latch into here. You weren't on the episode of this podcast where we reviewed the premiere of Sabrina, right? No, uh, no. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if I said this on on the podcast, you tell me, but uh, I watched the wrong episode, and so I had to watch two episodes of Sabrina that week. You did not say that. And I kind of dug both. I watched a random one in the middle of the second season, and then finally realizing it, the third season premiere, and I kind of dug both because it was that toned down Riverdale where it's, this is fucking stupid, and we all know it's stupid, but we're not going to hit the fucking gas pedal on the stupid. Mm -hmm. This feels like that there's no gas pedal, and this is all just CW. Not even CW. Like th- this feels like somebody heard of Pretty Little Liars and Gossip Girl, and made their version of it without any. Those shows, I think, both have a little teeth in them, and this is a fucking toothless. It, I. It's not just that there's been so many shows about New York and dreamers there, but they they have the Daredevil thing where like they want to pretend some parts of New York are from the '80s, but they want future stuff now. But they're doing yeah. even worse. The Lower East Side. So Katie Keene's what 22 probably. The Lower East Side has not been a bad neighborhood since probably the mid '80s. Uh, and she's like, and we were homeless, and my mom was a seamstress. Also, if you're gonna try to like emotionally gut check us, do it better. That was fucking ham fisted. It was paint by numbers horseshit. So New York is like Disneyland, where like here's Tomorrowland and here's Frontierland, and they all exist in the same city. Also, yeah, uh, Amanda, the 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 jerk from the bully from her work, said she grew up on the Upper East Side. I don't know if that's a real phrase. The Upper East, I think, is Harlem. Which Amanda would not brag from being coming from. So, Mike, you're saying you're talking like this because you know all about New York because you went to Columbia for two years. And we don't sick. talk ab- enough we don't about, talk about that. that. That made me feel real uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Let's not show that much leg. I'm saying if you're gonna like make your show suck New York's dick, start getting stuff right. But okay, so I don't know what age the show is for, but it's definitely for people who don't live in New York and have barely heard of New York. Yes, like. It is- it's also the, weird to be in the world of Riverdale and have a city called New York. Uh-huh. Like, should this be, like, Big Appleton? And, like, I don't know. Like, DC gets a lot of shit because Marvel makes their comics take place in real cities. Mm-hmm. All of those cities being New York, whereas that's, like, Metropolis and Gotham. But should they have just kept up the Riverdale-Greendale thing? 
Like, yes. should they should Katie Keene take place in Gothamdale? That way, they have a little bit more freedom for fantasy. I think so. I think I think that hamstrings them a lot. And then you can play if the whole thing's about dreamers. Just make it all a dream. Nothing else in the Riverdale averse is a real city. And Lacey's is Macy's, but Macy's isn't even that high end. Uh, it's it's weird to do it a little to dip your toe in fake. Do you know that? Can you like rank the department stores based on like how much a purse would cost? Yeah, do it. Bloomies nine thousand dollar purse. Nordstrom's, it's a little easier eight hundred. Macy's uh, thirty bucks. Neiman Marcus is, I believe, in between Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's. Yes. And then it goes so okay. So, Wanamaker's then, rest in peace. That was my favorite. And then it's TJ Maxx. Yeah, and then Marshalls, and then Ross, and then, and then Chipotle. <laughs> I got I got my favorite meat purse from Chipotle. It felt a little throwback too. It felt we always talk about our Saturday afternoon shows when we talk about these shows, but this felt different. This felt like an MTV show in that they wrote a uh, half a script, and then they were like, I don't know, fill the rest with either music or fashion, mm-hmm. because so much of this show is have them sing a song or have them try on clothes, and neither well. It, it's but, <sighs> you is go. this just background TV then? I guess. Yeah, I, I, and I do think, like, and maybe that's fine, and maybe it's weird that it's taken us eight years of doing Superhero Hour to get a show made purely for children. It Like, it almost feels mean to be as analytical and thoughtful about this show, because they didn't design it to be that. But I, I, don't you have to think for a second, though, that this is a pilot, and they had way too much to do, and as a pilot, it did everything okay? I understand that you're not going to watch, you're not going to review the second episode of this show on, for our podcast. I get that. But as a pilot, don't you think that they sort of they set motored. up stakes well? They see. I guess that I want. I want to know the Josie thing should have been the season long. Like that's. I, I thought some of the stakes were lambasted. It, they really do. Everybody was given huge shots and didn't get everything right away. So didn't the stakes and their reactions felt off? They were given more things than an episode of Justified. Yeah, they were. They were given things more. They're than given an, things more than an episode of Justified. You know, like sentences people say. All right, I okay. So we're gonna go mixed reviews. You're gonna go like two stars. I'm gonna go like two and three quarters. So much lower than that. You're gonna go one and a half stars, Mike. One and a half stars. V Wars oh. is one and a half stars. <laughs> oh, this is. Uh, I'd rather watch V Wars. What uh, the fuck? I'd rather watch nothing. I'd rather quit all the shows we do. Uh, my favorite moment, I do love, uh, and her friend Pepper, who we hate, who called her out for not being a real feminist a couple times. Here's why Pepper is right: is towards the end, uh, Josie's performing. They're all dancing for like thirty seconds. Katie Keene's voiceover says, well, dancing with my friends. I thought, you know what would make this night perfect? And then leaves. <laughs> Which I relate to. You know what would make this night perfect? Not dancing with my friends. But then her and her boyfriend wait in a long line for a pizza and then don't even eat their fucking slices. They leave them on the counter and walk away. That's full-on New York movie or TV show. You will order a giant Coke and a giant slice and you will take one bite, maybe. They didn't even to- take a bite. They didn't even pick it up. My okay. Do you have any other side notes nope. before we move on? Okay, my mine is my perfect Katie Keene. Like if I do encapsulate it, uh, Josie is talking to Katie and like she is saying some serious shit. Then Katie says like, "Are you done?" And Josie's like, "I guess." And Katie says, "Well, then I have to get back to my clients. I have so many of them." And then just walks away. <laughs> is, is there something wrong with Katie? No, that was she was pretending to be Josie's manager for Josie's audition. No, I, I, I think that while I was barely watching the show, I think I got it right. <laughs> when we come back, the rest of the shows. Now we're here on the pull list where we go over every other show that wasn't Katie Keene that came out this week. First up on the docket, Mike, is 
October Faction. On the third episode of October Faction, as night falls, Dolores and Fred get into trouble. Later, the quote-unquote parents of the year track their prey. Viv uncovers more about her pairs. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. What of the year superlative would you want and least want? Of Like a superlative for my yeah. name? You Like these are parents of the year. What would you you want blank Ryan, blank of the year? You know, I, I think the best and the worst are the same. I think Ryan of the year oh. because, sure, I'm the best Ryan, but Ryan... That's a real Groucho Marx. It's not a good name. You know, like, nobody knows a lot of, like, oh, man, I really want to hang out with Ryan. People are never saying that. Ryan Felipe? Yes. He's the best the, of you. He would win the best abu- Ryan of the year. The abuser of uh, Reese Witherspoon. Is he yes. really? Uh, of course he is. Wait, is that true? Do you just yes, mean Cruel Intentions? Because that's a movie nope. that's not real. I, I mean, in real ass life. Oh. All right, Did you Ryan hear- suck. Did you hear that uh, Kirk Douglas died and that uh, when he was alive, he uh, brutally raped Natalie Wood when she was 16 years old? I did not hear that. Way to bring it down. What's wrong with you tonight? October Faction is on Netflix all the time. We're going to do it episode by episode. Next up is The Runaways. On episode 308 of Runaways, the team enlists the help of Cloak and Dagger in order to destroy the bad guys and help save Alex from wherever the fuck he is. Eventually, they get to him, but not before Alex and his mind and mortality, a little broken and probably forever. Mike, can you read this one for me? <laughs> yeah. Wait, the Runaways thing you just read? Yeah. All right, on episode... But, like, starting where I dropped off. of Runaways, a team enlists the help of a cloak and dagger in order to destroy the bad guys and help save Alex from wherever the fuck he is. Eventually, they get to him, but not before Alex has his mind and morality a little broken and probably forever. Ryan, I ask you this because you forced me to. How well did the two little-watched but also little-beloved Marvel teen teams work together? Eh. <laughs> it was fine. What is wrong with the banter writers in Hollywood? They can just not get it done. This was an okay episode. It had its faults, but like they're all like doing their shtick together, mm-hmm. and it's like it just it never gels. Everyone's like quipping so hard. Is it? Like so, Josh Schwartz, creator of The Runaways, also created a show that uh, you and I are we like Gossip okay. Girl. Gossip Girl, uh, and in Gossip Girl, there's this character Seth Cohen, who he's the one quip. Everybody else, everybody has very distinct voices. Do you think on these shows, nobody ever owned their voice enough to be able to pull this off? Well, I mean, Seth Cohen is an interesting example because uh, Adam Brody apparently did a lot of improvising, ah. and also. At the same time, that's the character that clearly Josh Schwartz is. Right. So he doesn't Here, have a f- uh, foil or a, not a foil. Yeah, or like an a, an avatar, let's say. Right. And I'm sure he is totally done with the show. I'm sure he hasn't worked on the show in two, three years. Um, but it's like, everybody's just so like, here is my character and here's what I would say. And it just needs it, it just needs like one rewrite. Mm-hmm. Like one script doctor could come in and like make this banter work. What sucks there's so many uh decent out of work stand up comedians in LA. I'm sure you could find a couple of them to come in to do your punch up. Just get Jared Logan. What the fuck is Jared Logan doing? And he's great. You don't have to pay the money. You can give them food. Like two bananas. And, that's, and these people that's the would healthiest thing they've had for years. <laughs> Cause it's not even like Burger King food, it's Burger King wrappers. Oh, just licking it because you can see through it. It's so greasy. 
Who was your favorite Burger King rapper? My, Is it DJ Whopper? It was DJ Whopper, yes. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, the whole episode, I would say, was a letdown. Not only was the banter terrible, like not only was it like sort of disappointing to watch these people interact, but <laughs> the whole thing because of Cloak and Dagger's like, I'm going to show you your fears and I'm going to show you your hopes. It was sort of like an hour-long dream episode. Runaways you know, like, has been going to that well its entire run. Yeah, always. And every time every time like they didn't know how to progress the story, they would just have one of Cloak or Dagger touch somebody else, you know? And it I want to move. That's I want to see bummer. how these people yeah. It did make me realize that compared to Cloak and Dagger, who are not like it's not like Thanos and Galactus hanging out, Cloak and Dagger, but compared to the Runaways, they are fucking super powered. Yeah. The Runaways have almost nothing. They have there's Molly. a point Yeah, there's a point when Molly was not in this episode, which you that loved. surprises me why it was so bad. Uh, like Chase does not have his fistagons, and Gert does not have her dinosaur. And so it's like Carolina, who can make lights and stuff. Oh, no, she can't even do it because alien shit doesn't work in her mansion. So it's Nico with a wand and five kids going through puberty and not being able to do anything. And Cloak and Dagger were like, what the fuck, guys? This is the 616. What are we doing here? Why are we even hanging out with you losers? When's Runaways on, Ryan? Do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is probably... Uh, Dagger realizing that Nico and Carolina are the same sort of... Like, Dagger and Nico hate each other right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of realizes that uh, Carolina and Nico are the same light and dark balance that Cloak and Dagger are. And I, n- I never put that together until this episode. Huh. So, good job, them. <laughs> Neat. Runaways is on Hulu for two more weeks. And then never again. Co- <laughs> Coming up next is Subarena. On the Third episode of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Sabrina visits a mysterious and familiar town to tap a maple tree in her race against Caliban to collect the unholy regalia. I love MacGuffins. Zelda aims to restore order at the Academy, and a carnival creates buzz in Greendale. Mean, meanwhile, Theo takes a chance. Ryan, buddy, I ask you this. What characters from each show would you most want to interact? This, each show being Riverdale and Sabrina. Uh, Okay. Uh, and I should do this like... In, like, a friendly way? Or hateful way. I don't know. No, I mean, like, not in a I-would-divorce-my-wife way. Yeah, don't be a creep over here. I think that I would like to hang out with Harvey. And he and I would sit down, and we'd be like, what's up, bud? Why Why do you, you He's why a, do you act the way that you do? One, Harvey's a dink. Two, I said, what, like, so Sabrina, it wasn't a crossover with Riverdale. She didn't meet any characters, but she did sneak onto the Blossoms Farm to tap a maple tree. What characters from Sabrina would you want to hang out with characters from Riverdale? Oh, not you're not asking me personally. I don't give a shit. I know you're going to hang out with Harvey because you're a real fucking Harvey. Okay, so th- the obvious answer is Cheryl and, and then I don't even care. But I will say Cheryl and Wardwell because those two both think that they're always uh, the uh, like apex predator mm-hmm. in any room. And I would like them to just, I don't know if it would be them killing each other or like taking notes, like picking each other's brain about how to be better at manipulating people that's a good answer can we cut my first answer yes stricken from the record jury ignore that answer sabrina is still on netflix all the time coming up next is riverdale mike i watched riverdale you did not spin your wheel of characters bro and tell me who you want to talk about (laughs) molly ringwald molly ringwald is gone for this episode archie hold on hold up hold up though Archie says, hey, 
uh, Uncle Frank and Uncle Frank's friend, you could stay here because Molly Ringwald is gone. She's out of town this week. First of all, Molly Ringwald, you have a teenage son who needs parental support. Otherwise, he will do very dangerous things like fighting bears. Uh, you cannot leave. After Archie says that Molly Ringwald is gone, uh, Uncle Frank picks up the phone and finds out that all of his uh, army buddies are dying, including Ducky. John Cryer? John Cryer is dead. And I was like, oh, that's probably a coincidence, right? In the episode that they bring up Molly Ringwald, that they also brought up Ducky. And then, not but four scenes later, Jughead and Betty are having a conversation, not in like a on a couch like normal people would, but sitting on like the like the the, the seat under a window, facing each other, as if it's the end of sixteen fucking candles, are, Mike. Are they trying to lure Mommy Ringwald back to the show? <laughs> there was there was nothing John Hughesian about this except for random references that made no fucking sense. What is happening over at the Riverdale house? Uh, let's skip Veronica because Veronica went to New York. Can you guess who Veronica hung out with all night? Josie. Keep guessing. It was Katie Keene, wasn't it? It was Katie Keene. And so spin the wheel one more time. Let's do one more character. Kevin Keller. <laughs> oh, my God. My Kevin Keller. Why would you pick him? <laughs> Kevin Keller. All right. So Kevin Keller walks into the bathroom, and Archie is at a high sc- in, in, in his high school bathroom, and Kevin Keller walks in probably just to go pee or poo, right? Maybe wash Maybe his hands. Twofer. Maybe a twofer. He might go pee and poo at the same time. I always like the to. I always, li- I always like to kill two poos with one pee. But he walks in, and Archie is getting destroyed Mission Impossible Fallout style in a bathroom by Uncle Frank's ex-army buddy. <laughs> Like, they break the entire bathroom to the ground, <laughs> fighting each other, and Kevin Keller walks in. Kevin Keller uh, surprises them. They walk out. Uh, the old army buddy runs by, kicks the shit out of Kevin Keller, and he just falls to the ground. But not before Kevin Keller says, what the fuck is up with this high school? He straight up just says it. Why, what is with this high school that I go to? Later on, uh, Mr. St. Clair, who tried to rape Cheryl before, comes back to town and tries to go to Cheryl's new bar. Cheryl tells Tony that, oh, hey, that guy tried to rape me. So what Tony does is roofie his drink, just like he did to Cheryl two years ago. The guy passes out on a bed, and they decide to uh, film him while shooting a new Kevin Keller tickle porn movie because Kevin Keller's now into tickle porn. So Kevin Keller gets knocked on the floor because he found Archie getting the shit kicked out of him in a bathroom, wakes up, runs over to a hotel room, films a revenge porn tickle thing that the guy does not know about, and then calls it a day on Riverdale. Wait, this is Nick St. Clair who, when he had two broken legs, Archie still beat the shit out of him? (laughs) Still beat the shit out of him. That's the proudest I've ever been of Archie. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a moment of the week? <laughs> my moment of the week is um, Betty and her mom are hot on the trail of uh, Bert or whatever the bad guy's name is. And they have a murder board going. They have the thing where, like, all the postcards and the yarn and everything is, mm-hmm. like, you know, displayed out true detective style. And we always see those boards already set up. But what they do for one second is they're like, oh, I have a new postcard, and they put it up, and then it like starts to fall apart, and they're like, no, hold up, wait, no, okay, hold, you hold these three postcards, and I'll grab this yarn, because look, that's a lot of shit to go through to put that up. That's the most realistic Riverdale has ever been. <laughs> Riverdale is on Wednesdays on the CW. Coming up next is, of course, 
Stumptown. This week on Stumptown, Dex goes undercover as a potential buyer to help Hoffman and Gray with the next phase of their drug case. Meanwhile, Dex also unexpectedly becomes close to a fellow veteran support group member and soon discovers they have more in common than they thought. After being left in charge of the bad alibi, Ansel struggles to maintain order and enlists Tucky's help. Tasty Tasterson, I ask you this. What would your undercover character be? Okay, Tasty Tasterson is a good start. <laughs> so that would be my name, of course. Sure. And I would say uh, that I am like Daredevil, but I have no taste buds, so all of my other four senses got very exaggerated, which means I can see very well and hear and smell and feel. This is what you're telling the other mopes that you're trying to infiltrate. Uh (laughs) I like it. Also, I'm always chewing on a matchstick. Sure, because you can't taste it. You Uh you can taste a flint in. I I still only eat ice cream, even though that that's like the perfect time to eat broccoli, right? Yeah, you're fucking up. Why are you still this fat? <laughs> you can't taste anything. Part of my character is being fat. <laughs> Stumptown is on ABC on Wednesdays. That's my job, Mike. I'm helping- Coming up next is Black Lightning. On this week's episode of Black Lightning, Jefferson and Anissa join forces with the ASA to help one of their own. Meanwhile, Lynn is forced to continue battling her demons. In this episode, Jefferson refers to a group of characters as the Outsiders. <gasps> a DC superhero group that Black Lightning was a part of. Mike, I ask you this. Which Outsider best represents you? Static Shock. Static Shock. I like to fly on sewer lids. Man, sewer lids were a large part of our... I thought like, it would be way bigger in my adult life. <laughs> Every- they were just walking down the street and like look at a sewer lid and like... All the uses for that. That could be a door to my home. I could ride on that. <laughs> I could ride on it onto my home that's another sewer lid. Of the other outsiders, who would win in a fight? The DC's outsiders versus uh, the... Oh, the Pony Boys. Pony Boys the outsiders Pony- would win. <laughs> Pony Boy and the Outsiders is my favorite ska band from the mid-90s. Nothing stays Booster Gold forever. Mike, uh, Black Lightning is on Mondays on the CW. Coming up next is The Flash. This week on The Flash... The Citizen, which is Iris's now like a little blog thing, accuses a corporation of backing a criminal organization, which causes a lawsuit, and Iris's life is threatened and eventually sucked into a mirror. Meanwhile, Barry freaks out when Oliver leaves him his old mask, and Cisco turns their villains into trading cards. Ryan Bud, I ask you this, and I hate to tailor this question up, but if I told you this was a fun, zippy, old-school episode vibe of The Flash, would you call me an idiot for wanting to jump back in? I see what you're doing. You're doing that whole thing where, like, we're trying to be convinced that Walking Dead is worth watching. Mm-hmm. This was a yeah. fun episode of The Flash, man. Uh, Dig brings Oliver's first mask into town. I forgot that Barry made Oliver's mask because he looked at him. He's like, stop putting makeup on your eyes. I can still tell you're Oliver Queen. Wear a mask. Uh, and Diggy's like, yeah, Oliver wanted you to have this. And Barry freaks out. He's like, Oliver's never been sentimental. These are clues. And runs literally around the world to find what threat Oliver was telling about. And Dig's like, nah, man. I think, like... He's just telling you to care about the people you care about, I think. <laughs> I just I love the fact that uh, Barry hears anything and then just takes off running. Clues. And then uh, Dig is just eating Pepto-Bismol all episode because he hates being run around by Barry. It was just those two together is very fun and like fun not emo Barry is a good time to be around. If the HBO Max thing does not work out and HBO doesn't give a fuck about Diggle being on Green Lantern. What? Do you think he has a place on The Flash? Um, the Flash, or I mean, they keep saying he's moving both in Arrow and now this show. They keep talking about how they're moving to Metropolis. I think Diggs is going to be on Superman and Lois. I think the CW is worried that the Superman show 
will not get enough viewers, so they're bringing John Diggle from Arrow to help boost its ratings. I wonder if there's... Are, are we at the point where the CW can offer contracts? We're like, we're not going to put you on a show, but we will have a show for you every week. Like, you will not be a regular on any one title, but I guarantee you will be on TV every week. I think, and that'd be, that uh, if you want to be comic booky, that's great. Leonard Snart had that for a couple years, it seemed. Uh, and so and I would Katie do Cassidy. that. I would do the, those extremes. Either, like, don't do win, right? Mm-hmm. Don't do James Olsen, but do the, like, the serious grounding of Diggle or the clearly knows how campy this is of Leonard Snart. Yeah. Just, like, give them a job every week. And just bounce them around. Or Gideon. We need more Gideon. The computer lady? The computer lady from <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, yes. Mike, did you have a... You watched The Flash, watched and you enjoyed Flash, it. and I enjoyed it. Are you going to watch next week? And uh, are you going to insist that I do? I Both of those, yes. Yes, and doubly yes. Did you have a moment of the week? Uh, it, it's little, but I do think this is why I enjoyed this episode of The Flash. Uh... Somebody walks in and says, Killer Frost to Caitlin. Nash comes back and he's like, Killer Frost. And she's like, uh, it's just Frost now. Oh, <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> just, it's, it's so dumb, fun, and sassy. And that was the show. I, I, I fucking loved it. I mean, it's dumb to say that to somebody, but also it's not dumb to try to move away from the name Killer yeah, Frost. Look, I'm trying that to move away sense. from the whole murder thing. <laughs> Flash is on Tuesdays on the CW. Coming up next is V-Wars. On the final episode of the first and only only season of V-Wars, an official truce is finally announced between the humans and the bloods. And then complications arise. Taste, Mike, I ask you this. What's your preferred method of announcing truces? Uh, I like to grab somebody by the throat and scream, truce, truce, double truce, <laughs> until they accept. Okay, I thought you were going to, like, the second part would be something that just rhymed, like, truce, truce, Bruce Goose. <laughs> But no, you just say the exact same thing over again. Truce, truce, double truce. Don't now tell me a your thumb name war is Bruce. has started. <laughs> if you, I swear to God, if your name is Bruce, I'm gonna freak out on you, and the truce is over. No one's ever gonna fucking have a truce with somebody named Bruce. No, no one's ever gonna have a Bruce truce. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Bruce truce who'd fly away in a spruce goose and he only drinks fruit juice. Okay, we've talked about this a bunch tonight. This has been the episode of names of people that are stupid. And we've gone through we've gone through Andrew, we've gone through Ryan, and we've gone through Bruce. What is the name that has that like most stupid people have? That mo- Chad. Is that too It's yeah, I was thinking Chad too. <laughs> it's definitely Chad. Oh, Chad too is the worst. <laughs> the first version was bad enough. We don't need a sequel, buddy. Chad three, his younger brother though. He's all right. He's all right. He, he's he's got it going on. All right, so if your name is Chad, email into the show. Tell us Do, why you're cool. Yeah. No, not if you're cool. Just explain why you're such an asshole. I want somebody to write an email and just be like, here's, here's why. why I suck. Not A-I-T-A, but I-D-A. I'm definitely the asshole. Do you think Mike has a good batting average? There's just so many of us. It, it's a meaningless name. Like, <laughs> nobody has any emotional attachment to it. Because if you've met a good Mike, you've met ten bad, and then you've met three fine. Like... Okay, but that would be bad then. If you met one good and ten bad, I just then that said would a few bad. numbers, man. I don't listen when I talk. I think Mike's Mike, are fine. I, I think Mike is a guy who, in general, not you, but just in general, a guy who you are fine with, you'd probably trust, but you don't want to like hang out with one on one for a long I time. I think that's you know? also me. Mike is the guy who like comes to your barbecue and you're like, oh, Mike. Hope I don't see you again for the rest of this barbecue. Look, Mike is fine, but then he gets into what he calls trash juice. <laughs> Then Mike is not fine. 
Mike is all Mike is the guy who always had three kids and talks about how he should have stopped at two. <laughs> like that's the two. kind of thing. But he, he says, says it in front of his youngest, whose name is Andrew. Uh, uh-huh. so, <laughs> and they're like, "You're like Mike. You're being a bad parent, but also, yeah, I've met your third kid. You're right, but don't say it out loud. Act like you've been here before." Fucking Mike. Did you have a uh, moment of the week of V-Wars, the show that I talked about and you did not watch? Yes, uh, it ended. The credits Ah. hit for the last time. I have heard good stuff in the world about October Faction. Really? I think people sort of like it. I have heard literally nothing ever about V-Wars. I'm afraid. And I think this is it. That week in, week out, we talk about V-Wars and our listeners have tried to watch and it doesn't exist. It's just a shared (laughs) psychosis. Like, I'm horrible. Like, it's not out there, man. We're just watching a TikTok of me and you pooping at the same time. <laughs> the V Wars. The Bloods will win. <laughs> yes, that is usually you. Sorry, I can't bleed when I poop. I guess I'm not a superhero. <laughs> v Wars is on Netflix all the time, or no longer. We're not going to talk about it, at least for a year and hopefully never. Your last and final show of the night is DC's Legends of Tomorrow. When a blip, now called an encore, lands the legends in 1947 Los Angeles, it puts them on the trail of Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. Sarah, Ray, and Constantine devise a plan to capture him, and Ava struggles with being on the sidelines with Rory. Tasty, tasty Ryan, I ask you this. When Legends takes on a genre, does it try to comment on it, and should it? It does try. I, I, I mean, I think it tries, but I think it tries in the, mo- in like the biggest, broadest ways possible. So this was noir. What is Legends' yes. comments about noir? That they talk stupid. You know, like, Katie Lotz is the one that's having the most oh, fun she cr- here. I, I want her to talk in that voice all of the time. <laughs> and she's got a real hand. And, it, like, it's not even that accurate. Like, she's talking like no noir character ever has. She sounds like she's from Cincinnati more than she's from noir. She's talking like somebody who has heard about noir but has never watched a movie before, and it works fucking perfectly. Uh, and she says stuff like, and that's just the biscuit, here comes the gravy. I did like all the phrases Bugsy said. Yes. Uh, and it, like, if you, it, they're all Southern phrases, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, you don't want to kick over molasses without a donkey drinking it up. But you say but it in you such say a Yankee-ass in, tone. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you know my three favorite movies of all time? What are your three favorite movies of all what time? What are my three favorite movies of all time? Oh, you're asking me. Yes. The Last Boy Scout. Two of them have been movie of the year episodes. Die Hard. Nope. Lay Confidential. LA Confidential. The Last Boy Scout has not been a, a movie of the year. Face Off. Let's, let's keep thinking about the theme of Legends of Tomorrow, and you already have one right, LA Confidential. So another genre, Legends, time travel. We haven't done Back to the Future. We haven't done Phil. Should I just go? It's a... Who, Who framed, framed Roger Rabbit? Rabbit? <laughs> you did it, dude. That's that's Toontown, Jake. And Chinatown. Uh, this is the most up-my-butt genre. I don't know what it would be for you. What would Legends of Tomorrow do where you were like, oh, I'm on board, I don't care, fucking do whatever. Do they have like a Save the Last Dance episode? <laughs> or like, they're all... <laughs> or... It's the... It's the party after high school graduation. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's whole, a bottle episode. It takes place in one night, and everybody's going to go through some things, but nothing really matters. The stakes are low, but it's important to them. Oh, man. Can't hardly legend. You hurtfully got me accurately right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was in for sure no matter what, and I still think that I can make a case why this was a still very good episode of Legends, even oh, yeah. though it was up my butt. It was a super fun episode of Legends. Uh, uh, what, let, let's talk about Ava, who I think also often gets short shrift because she has to play straight to all these wacky characters now mike 
it's the the whole noir thing was really sort of my jam, but Ava, I didn't really understand because what happened was that she got drunk, and in her head there was a huge musical uprising where she killed it. But in reality, she was just a drunk asshole singing loud. How am I supposed to relate to that? You can't. You never would. You've never sung in your life, uh, Ava. So Ava has to cause the distraction at the big club that Bugsy owns. Uh, and so in her head, she's singing a fucking killer rendition, uh, postmodern jukebox style of Poison. Uh, that girl is poison. And it's great. Which, whoever they got to like do that song, yeah. like to make it sound big band in 40s and then all, like, amazing. My guess is it really is postmodern jukebox. If you don't know who they are, check them out. They're fucking great. Uh, and then we, I was like, oh, that's fun. And then when we cut away to see what Rory's actually been watching the whole time, it's so much funner. It's like, it's not good fake drunk, but it's so, it, she's fucking Roger Rabbit as drunk. It's amazing how shitty she is. I always go back to this episode of The Simpsons where the Simpsons throw like an adult cocktail party and Homer thinks that he is the most charming, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks of himself as a character from a New Yorker cartoon <laughs> walking around in a tuxedo and only saying like the drollest, driest lines. But everybody else remembers it as him just like slurring everywhere. Uh-huh. And we got to watch that, but with music, which I think is my most drunken downfall. Like, I think I can keep it together yeah. unless music is involved, where I think that I have become John Legend. And instead, I have become Legend John, a person a who. A tall tale? <laughs> yeah. A person who goes in the bathroom and just talks about himself. <laughs> talks about himself. Uh, mean meanwhile, so we're doing the noir adventure. Uh, Nate and B go see B's parents. B is Zari's brother, and Nate's trying to figure out uh, this mirage of a girl he loved. And we meet what happens to Zari if she didn't join the if if her brother didn't die when she was a kid. What happened to her? And she's an Instagram home model of the future. She's someone who she she's someone who would say sorry, not Zari. That's way more clever than what she said in the show. I wish she had said that more often. Uh, but she also sees through B's bullshit. How do you feel about what Nate's going through? I, like, I mean, we're officially, we were always against Nate for like two years, and now we're... <laughs> so team uh, Nate. <laughs> we just support everything Nate does. My question is, and it's just so good to have Zari back, and I'm not yeah. hating on Barad. Like, I think that he's a cool addition-ish. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, he's whatever. But, like, we really needed Zari back. My big question is... Why did Zari have to leave? Like, did Zari, the, the actress who plays Zari, did she have to go do something else? Or why? Mm-hmm. Why did we do this? And now it seems like we're going to have to deal with this Zari. Like, she's never going to, like, click back. Right. She's never going to be the cool, like, laid-back badass we loved. Like, the, the best character on the show. And my question is, did they think that, did the writers or did the actress who plays Zari think, oh, I'm going to do one of those Tom Cavanaugh things? I want to be a different Zari every season. I could see anybody being involved in the Berlantiverse being like, I want the Kavanaugh deal. <laughs> I want to come yeah. to play a different version Give me that Kavanaugh. every season. And it, it's so good to have her back. And she's so talented. And she's so she's so funny. She's she she's really good at that. Like She can play the the coolest is funny and the worst is funny, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what she's doing. So if, if anybody's going to Kavanaugh on the show, I'm down with it being her. But I still miss Zari. Yeah, and maybe we'll just have to get used to it a little, and then she'll reveal to be a real human being under there, and we'll get some real Zari. I don't know. But Nate is still in love. Yes. No matter what. And I'm in love with Nate's love. (laughs) Nate is still in love with Zari, no matter how many uh instagram followers he has it's it's crazy he is the biggest turnaround of the show like somebody we hated and then love and i think it's uh a crack they made on this 
Barad said, did you get in my stash again? And Nate's like, yeah. It's just that the minute they were like, Nate likes drugs, it fixed everything about the character for some reason. The opposite of real people. Can we talk about something real quick that does not have to do with the show? Uh, you watched The Flash this week. Uh-huh. We both watched Legends. Uh, titles? Title sequence. New title sequences. Is this like a whole new, like, is this a company-wide Post-crisis thing? Post-crisis company-wide thing. I fucking it's loved a- this one. It was all crazy. It, it reminded me of like uh, sort of like a postmodern Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. like lots of flashes and pictures and rock and roll music. Punk rock Saturday morning TV show. Yeah. It, so this is working for you. I, I was surprised when I saw it. I dug it and I watched this and then Flash. Flash isn't as cool, but Flash isn't as cool of a show. But, right. Uh, yeah. Just the, the, the title credits pumped me up. All right. Uh, Mike, did you have a moment of the week? <sighs> it... The reveal to watch what Mick has been watching the whole time. The smash cut to how great she is, in Ava, in her head. And then what Mick, Mick and Mick is even more in her head. Mick was into her being good, but he's even more into her being bad. Because like there's it. a thing. All of the shows that we watch, particularly in the Riverdale, Katie Keene level, they can just have musical numbers like that. Mm-hmm. You know, We just have been like accustomed to saying that, like, oh, of course the band knows what to play, and of course everybody knows how to dance. And so we just watched that and was like, Ava's got it. Like This Belle right. DeVoe song is doing it. And then it turns out, not so much. And then Bugsy, Bugsy's like, what, some drunk trick nobody knows is tearing up? What are you doing? <laughs> like, it's like, this sucks. This is horrible. Oh, one more question before I do my moment of the week. Um, Matt Ryan's. American accent. Uh-huh. I was trying to figure out if that is is Matt Ryan terrible at an American accent or is John Constantine terrible at an American accent? Because this was awful to listen to. The way everybody, all the characters' eyes went up, I think John Constantine is bad at an American accent. Unless the producers were like, "Don't, don't show them in rehearsals what your American accent sounds like," and really surprised them. It was, it was uh, like Broadway arch big style bad American accent. My mode of the week is, of course, there could be no other. I don't even know why you mentioned a different thing. Uh, it's always nice to see yourself represented on TV. And tonight, we or this episode, we were. Um, John Constantine said, uh-huh. forget it. Jake? Ray. Forget it, Ray. It's Burbank. Burbank, baby. And that is where Pop Filter Studios is. It's totally in Burbank. They said our city live on national TV. I jumped up and gave it a standing ovation. You see, that's a... I mean, not just as a reference, but Mike, do you see that it's a uh, like a reference to the movie Chinatown? Oh, because that was in Burbank. Right. Mike, do you know of a website that you should go to? You should go to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we do. Okay, what about uh, other shows to listen to? You could listen to The OCD, where you and I talk about The OC, or Katie Keene. You could listen to Movie of the Year, where Greg makes us fight each other while talking about Movies of the Year. You could subscribe, rate, and review those movies uh, shows. Also, you could go to ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. Wherever you are, that's the best way to rate this very show. If you like us, but you think we sound poor... There's two ways to handle that. Go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark, and that will help us out a lot if you shop through that link. Or go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. Choose a tier to be on. We would say $5 is the best. It's the best. Uh, I would say, if I'm just going to speak freely here, $1, $10, not that good. $5 is where it's at. We try to make those both bad, so to funnel people to $5. 
Yeah, $10 is uh, get free shows, but you have to put spikes in your eye. Yeah, and we can't test that, but people are doing it. Yeah. Okay, so just do $5, okay? Um, so, the, yeah, that's patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Mike, contact us. At yourpopfilter on Twitter, on Instagram. Contact at yourpopfilter.com on email. Let us know what you thought about these shows. Did you love Katie Keene? And you hated KO just like Ryan? Let us know. Am I a stupid asshole and I didn't get the magic of the show doing nothing original? Let me know why I'm a dumb butt who should shove my head up my other butt. Is Mike still too Philly and has to tone down his Philly? No. That is a, that is an email that I would love to receive. I, what, what's Philly about me? I grew up in Orange County. I drink the fact water. That you, the I fact eat water that you, ice. You don't even know what's Philly about you makes you the piece of shit that you are. I don't know what this John's talking about. Oh, my God. Next week, Mike. Do you want to know something special about the show? I would love Or that. what we're reviewing? Uh, do I have to choose? You have to choose one or the other. Something special. I'm tired of only talking to you. That's fair. Wait, that's hurtful. That's hurtful and fair. I think we need some new blood. The bloods? Are we getting a vampire in there? We ran a contest on Patreon for the $5 tier for somebody to come in and win the job of hosting this show. Mike, are you ready for that winner to come in next week I'm and host s- the fucking show? Are you going to announce it tonight who it is? No, we uh, don't we oh, haven't done the drawing yet. I just know that okay. it's going to be something somebody so different. Just everybody play a drum roll on repeat until next week. The other news is that there's a new Netflix show based on a comic book and this one is getting good reviews. Lock, Lock and, and key. key, Mike. What is your comic book experience with Lock and Key? I've heard of it and have said I should read that someday. What is your comic book experience with horror comics? I've read some of them. What do you think is good? I like oh. I liked The Walking Dead the comic. Okay. This was this too rough of a question. This is well, I was not prepared and I'm trying to think of horror comics. You go. <laughs> do you remember that movie about the guy driving in the car talking on the phone the entire time? Lock? Do you remember his last name? Was his last name Key? Inky. It was Inky, yes. We're going we're gonna to review a show based on a comic book, based on a movie about a guy driving in a car. I loved that movie. I'm down. Do you see now, based on everything I just said and that you just said, that we need some new blood on the show? Yeah, and we I should probably have somebody take control? I never thought you could appreciate somebody too much. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, it's, maybe we need the Greg energy of making us fight. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm not Greg. For Ryan, I'm not Taylor. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. And we are the world. Get used to it, idiots. I'm out.